Hi everybody and welcome to Observing with Webb, where a high school astronomy teacher tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool, and what you should check out later this month at night. It is November of 2021 and we've got some things going on. We've got Lunar Eclipse Month, partially. Uh, so we've got Venus, Saturn, and Jupiter rocking the sunsets. We technically have a meteor shower. Turkey Day is going to be awesome, and most importantly, we will be able to witness an almost total lunar eclipse. So, why don't we get started with the planets that we can see? Then we'll move on to the events for the month, including the eclipse and the meteor shower, and then we'll do a quick thing about the constellations. Here we go. All right, so the planets that you can see, basically they are all sunset planets. Uh, so you're looking at Venus in the southwest, and you're looking at Saturn and Jupiter in the south. Let's focus on Venus for a minute. So once again, Venus is staying about 10 degrees above the horizon all month. Uh, it's a glorious sight. Really, you just have to look west after sunset, and that brightest thing in that area, that is Venus, okay? Uh, it will set around 8.30, so you do have to get out there right after sunset. Also up there is Saturn and Jupiter. Now, they're going to be toward the south, but they're also going to be closer to Venus than they were before. So throughout November, they will appear in the south right as it gets dark. Now, excitingly, they move closer and closer to Venus, which is in the southwest, uh, throughout the month until they are almost equally separated, all three of them, by the 30th of November. Jupiter will be the brightest point of light on the left, with Saturn about 15 degrees to the right of that. In the beginning of the month, Saturn sets at midnight, with Jupiter trailing at 1 a.m., and by the end of the month, Saturn and Jupiter set in the southwest at about 10 p.m. and 11.30 p.m., respectively. So these, all of these are great targets for your telescope. Sorry, it sounds like we're taking off in a spaceship right now. It's what you get with a 1967 planetarium. But you want to take out your telescope. Uh, Jupiter, you can easily see the bands, the cloud bands on Jupiter, maybe even the red spot. You can see the four Galilean moons. Sometimes they're two on each side, sometimes three and one, sometimes four and zero. You might even be able to catch a shadow of one of them crossing Jupiter. You'd have to look that up. But um, Saturn, of course, take out your telescope and look at the rings. And Venus, uh, that will be moving toward a half phase to a um, sort of a crescent phase throughout this month. So take a look at that with your telescope. So again, Saturn, Jupiter, Venus, after sunset. Throughout the night, there really aren't any. In the morning, you may have been able to catch Mercury. Uh, I was able to get a good picture of it. If you look at Mr. Webb PV on uh, Instagram, you can see that picture. Okay, and that's it for the planets, just Venus, Saturn, and Jupiter. So let's, let's move on to some of the events, what's happening.
So your morning crescents are going to be in the beginning of the month until you have a new moon on the 4th. Then after that, you've got the evening crescents. So you look west after sunset to find the evening crescent. The following week, uh, on the 11th, you see the first quarter moon. Then the rest of that week is the evening gibbous, where the right half or right hand side is lit up, mostly lit after sunset. Then you got the full moon on the 19th, which then leads way to the waning gibbous, which is when the left side is mostly lit and it rises later at night with the last quarter moon on the 27th. And that's visible starting at midnight and into the morning. Now I'm recording this after the second and third with the moon and Mercury. Um, I actually was able to see it. Uh, we had some very clear skies and you could see just a very thin, um, I think what some people call a fingernail moon, um, off in the east and you had Mercury right below it. Uh, just absolutely gorgeous. Really need to see those two things together. Now the 7th of November is when daylight savings time ends. Uh, but the good part is, well, actually, we do get an hour, extra hours, hour of sleep, um, and the nighttime starts earlier. But we have some good stuff there, too, because from the 7th to the 12th, we have a nice close encounter between the moon, Venus, Saturn, and Jupiter. All right, here we go. I'm going to get into this. What a great week. So imagine this planetary setup. Venus is low in the southwest but it is super bright and easy to find. And then you hold your fist out in front of you with your pinky and pointer fingers extended and sort of spread apart. And you move three of these widths, that's 15 degrees each, and you go up and to the left, and you'll find a pretty darn bright planet, which is Jupiter. It's the brightest part in that area of the sky. And then if you backtrack about a third of the way back toward Venus, you'll find the modestly bright Saturn, okay? So that's there, Venus, Saturn, Jupiter, going to the left. But starting on the 7th, you have a very thin crescent moon that joins the party, okay? On the 7th, the moon is all the way to the right of them, just four degrees to the right of Venus. Each night, the moon will move to the left 13 degrees, and each night it gets a bit thicker. So on the 8th, the moon will be between Venus and Saturn, but closer to Venus. Then on the 9th, it'll still be in between, but it'll be closer to Saturn. And then on the 10th, the moon moves to about five degrees below into the left of Saturn. On the 11th, it's five degrees below into the left of Jupiter and is now a first quarter moon. And finally on the 12th, the moon starts migrating away from those planets being about 15 degrees away from Jupiter. So it's just a really neat thing to see this progression night after night. And if you have good clear skies, you can take a picture each night and sort of maybe com composite them together and sort of see how that looks. Now, on the 17th is the Leonid meteor shower. Now, this is annually a fairly weak shower, but it is significant. You can see some, uh, and it can have some really great years. This is not one of them. Why? Well, we essentially have an almost full moon. 
So there's far too much light pollution interfering with our observing. Now that said, you never know when a nice meteor will burn up, you know, so take a, take a nice look at the sky in general anyway, uh, and note that the meteors will appear to come from the radiant that is in the head of Leo the lion, and they'll appear to come outward from there. Now, if you go out on the 17th and you're disappointed by the meteor shower, a little bit later, the 19th, the morning of the 19th, you will have a very good treat. Now, the morning of the 19th is a partial lunar eclipse, and it is almost total. Now, this one snuck up on me. 97% uh, of the moon's surface will be in the shadow of the Earth at the deepest part of this eclipse. Now, that makes it a partial lunar eclipse, just barely, and that means that 3% of the moon, just a sliver, will be lit up, while the rest is somewhere between a dark yellow and brown, maybe a little bit of orange in there. Now, North America can basically see all of it, okay, with the rest of the world seeing only portions, some places not seeing it at all, uh, but go look at Sky and Telescope for a map. You can easily Google that. So, what's our plan? All right, I'm going to go with Eastern Standard Time here. So, what you want to do is go outside at 2.18 Eastern Standard Time. Yes, that's 2.18 in the morning. That's when the partial eclipse begins. Okay. So you just look west and you find the full moon and just watch. Okay. The Earth's shadow will basically appear to nibble on the moon from the top down, um, but a little bit off center to the right. It will take about an hour and 45 minutes to go from the very beginning of that to maximum eclipse. Now, you might hear that the penumbral portion of the eclipse starts far before this. Um, don't, don't worry about that. You really can't detect that with the naked eye. Uh, and if, you, if you're doing stuff where you're actually going to detect the penumbra, you'll, you'll know when it starts. So 218 is when the partial aspect of this starts. And that means that 4.04 a.m., is the maximum eclipse. That's when 97% of the surface is in the shadow of the Earth. And with your naked eye, you should easily be able to see the bright portion lit up on the left, with the rest ranging again from dark yellow to orange to red to brown. Now with a camera, these distinctions are going to be harder to pick up. Our eyes have really good high dynamic range. Cameras, not so much unless you know, really know how to use them. And then for the next hour and 45 minutes, the shadow will uh, appear to move down and away from the moon. And that lasts until 5.47 a.m. That's when the partial eclipse ends. Now, some other things to notice during this eclipse. Um, I would say, first of all, as the moon gets darker, you should be able to notice more and more stars becoming visible. Uh, the Pleiades, are up into the right of the moon. Taurus is up into the left of the moon. And of course, Orion is off to the left of Taurus. And if you're in the eastern US, the moon will finish at about 15 degrees above the horizon, leaving, leaving some room for some good foreground objects and pictures. Uh, so, you know, start, start scouting some, um, 
some places to set up your camera. Uh, start scouting those out now. Maybe get a good, good foreground object. That would be nice, assuming there's no clouds. But again, 19th, morning of the 19th, 218 is when it begins. 404 is the maximum, and 517 is when it ends. Moving on to the last real event we want to talk about, which is Thanksgiving for the U.S. So let's say you go, you eat a whole bunch of food, you watch uh, the Detroit Lions lose, and then you feast your eyes on the sky. Venus will be super bright low in the southwest after sunset until about 7 p.m., Saturn and Jupiter will be up higher and longer, about 9.30 and 10.50, respectively. Definitely worth a good look through the telescope. Okay. At about 9 p.m., the waning crescent moon will rise in the east-northeast, uh, joining the fall and winter constellations Pegasus, Andromeda, Taurus, Orion, and Gemini. Looking back at that... That might not be the right time that I wrote there, but I'll have to edit this in post. Maybe. If you're hearing this, I did not. And with the corn all cut down, watching the moon rise and turn orange to white amidst the stars will definitely be quite enjoyable. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's waning, waning gibbous. That's what I was looking for. I said waning crescent. I meant waning gibbous. All right. <laughs> so east, northeast, 930 or 9 o'clock, you'll see it start rising in the east, northeast and join the constellations. All right. So actually talking about the constellations, let's move on to the constellations. So after dinner, uh, if you're looking straight up, um, I would say you probably want to look for Pegasus and Andromeda. So you look pretty much straight up, you'll be able to see the great square of Pegasus with Andromeda curving off to one corner. And if you have decently dark skies, maybe over Thanksgiving, uh, you might want to catch the faint fuzz that is the Andromeda galaxy. And I'll let you use a star map to find that, but I like to go to the second pair of stars in Andromeda and move about the same distance that they are apart, move that far into the curve of Andromeda. Now, if you're getting out there before bed, I'd say you're looking at Andromeda, Perseus, Triangulum, and Aries. So just find Pegasus off to the west a little bit uh, and find that cornucopia-shaped Andromeda again. Now keep following that cornucopia shape to find Perseus, which has kind of a similar shape, uh, except it opens up toward the southern horizon and the Pleiades. Um, now below Perseus and Andromeda will be Triangulum, a small thin triangle, and Aries the Ram, which looks more like a curved walking cane on its side. Um, and lastly, before work, Orion. I mean, that's really what we're looking at uh, in these mornings now. Just look southwest and you'll find that vertical bow tie. That is Orion the Hunter. All right. Well, don't forget that this podcast is found on my Podbean page, mrweb.podbean.com, also Stitcher and iTunes. There is a video version on my YouTube channel, uh, Mr. Web PV. 
Uh, I can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at MrWebPV and the Pequay Valley Planetarium. And its events and updates are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at PV Planetarium. And I also wanted to say that we do have a star party on November 15th. It's open to the public. All are welcome to come out and maybe see a... Um, see a couple stars, see, see some planets through some telescopes that the astronomy enthusiasts of Lancaster County bring out uh, in support of the planetarium and astronomy. So, um, yeah, there's more details for that uh, on the social media stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, get out there and see if you can wake up early and see that eclipse. If not, just enjoy the planets. But here I am wishing all of you very clear dark skies for the month of November. November.